VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And thank you for joining us on Crosstalk here on VCY America. Ladies and gentlemen, it is repulsive to me to have individuals call for God's blessing upon our nation while at the same time they advocate for the death of the preborn. I mean, this is happening regularly by the highest offices in our land. And I'm talking about the president. I'm talking about the vice president who are advocates for taking innocent life in the womb and then calling for God to bless this land and our nation. I'm going to be airing a speech today, a speech that was given this past Sunday by Vice President Kamala Harris when she was in Florida. This past Sunday marked the 50th anniversary since the Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision, which gave their okay to taking the lives of the preborn. As a horrific black mark on our society, we have now killed, according to numberofabortions.com, over 64 million preborn babies. So indeed, it's a slap in the face of God to ask for his blessing upon our land when we are blatantly violating his word. I, let me begin with God's word, uh, which says uh, what it has to say regarding abortion, because this is where our moral compass comes from. This is where our standard lies. This is our foundation. The Bible is God's inspired word. Second Timothy 3.16 tells us that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Yes, it's God's Word that tells us what is right. It tells us what is not right. It tells us how to get right, and it tells us how to stay right. Further, Psalm 119, verse 160 says, Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. God's word is true from the beginning. So when we go to the pages of Scripture, and we find in in places such as in Exodus chapter 20, verse 13, thou shalt not kill. And I know I'm not a Hebrew scholar under any sense, but I do see that the Hebrew word used here is what is said a primitive root properly means to dash in pieces. Thou shalt not dash in pieces. That is to kill a human being, especially to murder, to to put to death. Isn't that an exact picture of what abortion is? To dash into pieces where we see the cutting apart limb from limb of that unborn child? We can interpret that verse to say, thou shalt not murder. And that's exactly what is happening in abortion. Psalm 139 tells us also uh, the the very fact that uh, God has possessed my reins, the writer said, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. And I think also in Proverbs chapter 6, and starting in verses 16 through 19, you can read that passage, but we learn there that God hates the hands that shed innocent blood. Again, friends, this is our foundation. This is our moral compass. This is what gives us guidance. This is our standard. Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. I think of Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 5, as thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. Also from Psalm 106, and shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and of their daughters, whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan. And the land was polluted with blood. Friends, could I say that the land of the United States of America is also polluted with blood? As I mentioned today, we're going to be hearing a, a, a majority of the speech that was given by Vice President Harris. But I want you, first of all, to hear just an excerpt as she conveniently edits out certain words from the Declaration of Independence in her speech. So I'm going to play the clip, and we're going to um, let you listen to figure out what it is that she omitted. America is a promise. America is a promise. It is a promise of freedom and liberty. Not for some, but for all. 
a promise we made in the Declaration of Independence, that we are each endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Be clear, these rights were not bestowed upon us. They belong to us as Americans. So, friends, did, did you hear what was conveniently left out? I know some of you got it. Uh, you said, yeah, she missed the right to life, which is the first there. But there was something else that she also missed in what she said uh, that we are endowed with certain rights. She forgot to mention, or should I say conveniently edited out, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And I've, I'm holding the Declaration of Independence right in my hand here, a copy of it endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, I find it very interesting that she wanted to leave out those words, endowed by our creator. She didn't want to have, because that gives accountability. If we have a a creator, we have accountability to that creator, do we not? Now, friends, we have often said Uh, that we're living in a time of Romans chapter 1. And we've referred to this passage often when it refers to issues of immorality, LGBT, and so forth. But I want you to listen to this also in this context of life itself. And why would she leave out Creator? Here's what it says in Romans 1, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own bodies to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. And then we see that God gave them up to vile affections. And later in verse 28, they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Isn't that what the vice president is doing? She does not want to retain God in her knowledge. She did not want to give credence to a creator. And so what does Scripture say? God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things that are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisper, and it goes on from there. And so we're being filled with murder. We didn't want to retain God in our knowledge and to acknowledge God, which the vice president failed to do, to fail to um, mention the exact words from the Declaration of Independence, to uh, purposefully edit out that we are endowed by our Creator, is further evidence, ladies and gentlemen, that we are living in this time of Romans chapter 1. I find it very interesting that that was left off, as well as the word life, certain unalienable rights, including these. We have the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Why would she leave that off when she's making a speech on the anniversary of Roe v. Wade? Isn't that convenient? As she's speaking to a pro-abortion crowd, being introduced by a pro-abortion doctor before this crowd? Friends, we've got to go back to our foundation, to Scripture itself, to the Word of God, our moral compass from which it stems. And it's critical to see what God has said. He is the author of life, and he tells us that he hates the hands that shed innocent blood. And so it was perhaps convenient but I believe also very purposeful to omit those words. She's the vice president of the United States. Don't you think that her speechwriters have a, have a copy of the Declaration of Independence that they can refer to? When they left off and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and she just said endowed with certain rights, you know, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Why would we take such a purposeful stance against that innocent, preborn life 
in the womb. Well, friends, Vice President Harris delivered this address in Tallahassee, Florida, this past Sunday. And I'm looking right now at a column from the Washington Stand, but numerous uh, entities were reporting on this. She was speaking on Sunday to mark what it would have been the 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade. Now, praise the Lord that that was overturned this past summer. But speaking on the 50th anniversary, uh, an anniversary that had been aborted last summer when the Supreme Court overturned the case, which was first invented, Roe v. Wade invented a constitutional right to abortion. Planned Parenthood had already planned to hold a rally and tally before Harris joined their lineup. Planned Parenthood CEO Alexis McGill-Johnson spoke earlier in the event. And friends, if you understand what also was taking place on this anniversary of Roe v. Wade, is that protesters that advocate for death in the womb decided to target the home of Justice Brett Kavanaugh once again on the 50th anniversary, gathering outside his home. Uh, Video taken at his home, this is according to foxnews.com, video taken outside Kavanaugh's home by the Daily Signal reporter, Mary Margaret Olihan, shows that protesters were carrying signs reading, Our rights are not up for debate. Abortion saves lives. Think about that one, folks. Abortion saves lives. Do you know in abortion there's always a fatality? Sometimes, sadly, two. They also were carrying signs saying abortion is health care. Kavanaugh's home has been the target of multiple protests in the past, which were sparked after the draft Supreme Court opinion was leaked, indicating Roe v. Wade would be overturned. The unrest even led to an assassination attempt against Kavanaugh. Allegedly, an individual traveled from California to Maryland, showed up at Kavanaugh's neighborhood in the early morning hours of June the 8th. This is prior to the June 24th release of the decision, but after the leak had come, and by the way, we still can't find whoever leaked this document from the Supreme Court. But the one who allegedly traveled from California to Maryland and showed up in Kavanaugh's neighborhood was armed with a knife, a pistol, ammunition, zip ties, pepper spray, duct tape, and other items, and allegedly told police that he was intending to use the items to kill the Supreme Court Justice. Now, we understand that even at the protests this past Sunday on the 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, that they reported that several members of law enforcement could be seen standing nearby on Kavanaugh's property. Well, friends, we understand that this is against federal statutes to do what these protesters were doing. And again, the top, you know, do we have the Department of Justice telling officers to stand down, not to arrest these individuals? And if we're so willing to kill uh, innocent life in the womb, is it any wonder why we have those that are perpetrating death outside the womb as well? We're going to take a quick break here on Crosstalk. When we come back, we are going to be uh, playing for you a portion of the speech from this past Sunday that Vice President Harris gave before a group of abortionists on the 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade. And shame on us as a nation when we ask for God's blessing when we have slain over 64 innocent preborn babies. Back in a minute here on Crosstalk. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, Noah's Ark Explorer from the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, can you tell us anything new about the search for Noah's Ark? Chris, the search for Noah's Ark is always on the minds of that set of people that have Ark fever, and I'm one of them. I've been involved in the search for Noah's Ark since 1970 and have led numerous expeditions to Mount Ararat. In the last 15 years or so, hardly anybody has legally been on Mount Ararat. We have, however, been able to search from satellite photography, but with no firm indication that the ark has been found. The Bible does not predict that the ark will be found, so we don't have that to look to, but we do have a lot of evidence. Hundreds of people claim to have seen the ark, but we just don't have any proof. A lot of smoke, but no fire. The ark did exist, that we're told back in Genesis, but does it exist today? Maybe. To learn more about creation, get our free DVD called That's a Fact. Call us at 800-628-7640 and mention the promo code FACT.
You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America, fostering a culture of death. Our topic today on the broadcast, yes, we just came past the infamous anniversary of Roe v. Wade. And uh, just uh, this past Sunday, the Vice President of the United States, Kamala Harris, uh, gave a speech in Tallahassee to mark the occasion and uh, was introduced by an abortionist uh, with uh, Planned Parenthood of Southwest and Central Florida uh, named uh, Sujatha uh, uh something of that nature, but introduced Harris after leading the crowd in a rousing chant of abortion is health care. Doesn't the Hippocratic Oath state otherwise? So she had some preliminary remarks, but friends, I like to get to the main portion of her speech, and you're going to hear her once again. You'll hear her then in the context further regarding her comments on the Declaration of Independence, where she just very carefully and, in my opinion, purposefully omits those words creator and also the word life. Let's listen in. I am honored to be with members of the United States Congress who are here, state and local elected officials. I'm glad to be with you. And all of the coalition partners who are represented here. Let's give it up for everyone. We are here together because we collectively believe and know America is a promise. America is a promise. It is a promise of freedom and liberty. Not for some, but for all. in the Declaration of Independence that we are each endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Be clear, these rights were not bestowed upon us. They belong to us as Americans. Freedom and liberty that enabled generations of Americans to chart their own course and decide their own future with, yes, ambition and aspiration. Therein lies the strength of our nation. And since our founding, we have then been on a march forward to fully realize our promise to complete the unfinished work to secure freedom and liberty for all. Now, these outcomes will not be inevitable. They will not just happen. It takes steadfast determination and dedication, the kind of determination and dedication possessed by some of our greatest patriots, those Americans who fought a civil war to end the sin of slavery, who organized at Seneca Falls to secure a woman's right to vote. launched the Freedom Rides to advance civil rights and spoke out at the Stonewall Inn to defend human rights. In each of these movements, those leaders expanded rights, which then advanced the cause of freedom and liberty. And 50 years ago today, so did those who won a fight 
in the United States Supreme Court to recognize the fundamental constitutional right of a woman to make decisions about her own body. Not the government. Americans relied on the rights that Roe protected. Today, however, on what would have been its 50th anniversary, we speak of the Roe decision in the past tense. Because last June, the United States Supreme Court took away that constitutional right, a fundamental right, a basic freedom from the people of America, from the women of America. The court's action has meant already that many dedicated doctors and nurses now lose their ability to care for their patients, that providers risk going to jail just for doing their job. And that patients are denied critical care and even fear that they will be punished simply for seeking care. It has meant that a 10-year-old child in Ohio who was sexually assaulted and became pregnant had to leave her home had to leave her home state and travel to another to receive care. It has meant that the doctor who treated her faced death threats and efforts to take away her medical license. And for Amanda, a 35-year-old woman in Texas, it meant in the midst of a miscarriage, she was denied treatment three times in three days at an emergency room because of that state's abortion ban. And only after she developed sepsis, an infection that almost killed her, did the hospital finally admit her. Thank God. Amanda survived, and she, with her husband, Josh, is here today. And I want to thank them both for having the courage to tell their story in a way that will inspire so many individuals and their families to know they are not alone. The consequences of the Supreme Court's ruling are not only limited to those who need reproductive care. Other basic health care is at risk. Consider Emma, a 14-year-old who lives in Arizona. So Emma manages her chronic arthritis with medication that allows her to go to school and live without constant pain. But the medication that helps her can also cause pregnancy laws. So within weeks of the Dobbs decision, her pharmacy initially refused to fill her prescription, afraid that they could be prosecuted under the state's radical law. All of these devastating experiences, the direct result of laws designed by extremists, including in states like Florida, Last year, so-called leaders at the State House here in Tallahassee passed a radical abortion ban with no exceptions even for the survivors of crimes like rape and child molestation and human trafficking. Here in Florida, health care providers face prison prison for up to five years for 
simply doing their job. And now the state has also targeted medication abortion and even threatened Florida pharmacists with criminal charges if they provide medications prescribed by medical professionals. And Florida is not alone. 22 states have announced they will not follow new federal rules that allow women to get medication prescribed by their doctor from a certified pharmacy. Imagine. Let me just pause right here, friends, because some of the things that Vice President Harris has just said, I mean, it it just they need comment here. She talked about in Florida how health care providers face prison for up to five years for simply doing their job. Friends, where in the Hippocratic Oath do we find that, that you are sanctioned to take the life of an innocent preborn child? No, in other words, we see the words do no harm and, and not to provide the instruments for abortion to be carried out. Again, not only do we uh, misquote the the, uh, the Declaration of Independence, but we also have a situation here where we mischaracterize what the role of a doctor is. And then she also says the state has targeted medication abortions and even threatened for Florida pharmacists with criminal charges if they provide medications prescribed by medical professionals. Friends, the medication is designed to kill another human being, a vital living human being. And then she said 22 states have announced they will not follow new federal rules that allow women to get medication prescribed by their doctor from a certified pharmacy. Imagine. <laughs> I laugh because isn't that what they did like with ivermectin and other, uh, and other you know, hydroxychloroquine, people who wanted not, you know, to have access to these medications to, to keep them from, uh, from suffering the uh, ill uh, effects of COVID? No, no problem there. No, you can't have that. But but now to say, uh, imagine uh, that would happen, that a certified doctor's uh, prescription could not be filled? Let's just continue on here. So today, we are fighting back. Yeah. I'm pleased to announce that President Biden, I'm announcing it today, has issued a presidential memorandum on this issue. Members of our cabinet and our administration are now directed, as of the president's order, to identify barriers to access to prescription medication and to recommend actions to make sure that doctors can legally prescribe, that pharmacies can dispense, and that women can secure safe and effective medication. So President Biden has done that. At the same time... We're going to pick up with this right after the break. Uh, You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America, and uh, we're going to continue with the speech that was given this past Sunday, the Lord's Day, the 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade. Vice President Harris speaking before a crowd of avid abortionists, abortion doctors, abortion advocates in the state of Florida. Back in a minute here on Crosstalk. How much do you know about the end of the world? Have you heard of worldwide pandemics, weapons of mass destruction, Threats from Russia and Asia, clamor for globalization, hand implants for commerce and security, violent persecution. What about intensifying wickedness? All of this is predicted in the book of Revelation. In the book, The 50 Final Events in World History, author Robert Morgan simplifies what many have found complex, providing a comprehensive yet easy-to-understand overview of the book of Revelation, which translates the events of Revelation both literally and sequentially. Walk step-by-step through the prophetic events yet to unfold. The 50 Final Events in World History is available from VCY for a donation of $18 or more when you call 1-800-729-9829. 
You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America, and ladies and gentlemen, I contend that we are fostering a culture of death. We are fostering a culture of death when we are celebrating the death of the innocent, the death of the preborn, and giving sanction for people to make determination if they want to kill a preborn child, and then asking for God's blessing upon her land. You're going to be hearing her state that at the very end of her speech. But uh, here to get the uh, speech all in, we're going to uh, uh, pick up. I've just uh, shuttled back a few seconds so we can hear the context leading into the next segment here. Vice President Kamala Harris, as she spoke this past Sunday. Access to prescription medication and to recommend actions to make sure that doctors can legally prescribe, that pharmacies can dispense, and that women can secure safe and effective medication. So President Biden has done that. At the same time that we work to protect this aspect of reproductive care, many states have gone even further and now have total bans in effect. Alabama, Missouri, and South Dakota, just to name a few. And as, as clinics close in those states, understand, as clinics are closing in those states, patients have lost access to other basic care, such as routine checkups, cancer screenings, and contraception. And to everyone listening, be sure no one is immune from these impacts. Even in states that protect reproductive rights like New Jersey, Illinois, Oregon, even then people live in fear of what might be next because Republicans in Congress are now calling for a nationwide abortion ban. even from the moment of conception. Uh, Friends, that's when life begins, at the moment of conception. The right of every woman in every state in this country to make decisions about her own body is on the line. And I've said it before and I will say it again. How dare they? of words, there's a collection of words that mean everything to us as Americans. The heartfelt words of our great national anthem, that America is the land of the free and the home of the brave. But let us ask, can we truly be free? if a woman cannot make decisions about her own body? Can we truly be free if a doctor cannot care for her patients? Can we truly be free if families cannot make intimate decisions about the course of their own lives? And can we truly be free if so-called leaders claim to be quote, I quote, on the vanguard of freedom, while they dare to restrict the rights of the American people and attack the very foundations of freedom. Understand clearly the majority of Americans The majority of Americans oppose these attacks. Americans of every background in every community have voiced their perspective. From Kansas to California, Michigan, Montana, Kentucky, and Vermont, they spoke with their vote. 
in essence, they said, one does not have to abandon their faith or deeply held beliefs to agree that the government should not be telling people what to do with their own bodies. Let me just say again. <laughs> so why? Okay, so you don't have to abandon your faith. So let's go back to that foundation that I said from the beginning of the program today. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not murder is what that scripture is saying. That God has knit us together in our mother's womb. God ordained Jeremiah, a prophet, from the mother's womb. God hates the hands that shed innocent blood. Friends, abortion and taking the life of a preborn is not compatible with the teachings of Scripture. Let's continue on here. So know this. President Biden and I agree, and we will never back down. We will not back down. And we know, we know this fight will not be won until we secure this right for every American. Congress must pass a bill that protects freedom and liberty. A bill that protects reproductive rights and President Biden will sign it. So yes, America is a promise, a promise we must all make real in every state, in every community, in every state house, in every doctor's office, and yes, in every election. So to all the Friends and leaders, I say, let us not be tired or discouraged. Because we're on the right side of history. So we will continue to stand together in the fight to protect the freedom and liberty of all people, of all women everywhere. And here now... On this 50th anniversary, let us resolve to make history and secure this right. Today, I invite all Americans to join us and to remember, when we fight, we win. Thank you all. Well, that's how things went. And finish off, may God bless you, may God bless America. And friends, when you hear the substance of her speech, she's not talking about Jehovah God. She's talking about Molech, you know, where they offered child sacrifice to their God. That's, that's my opinion. You know, in her speech, too, she mentioned there's a collection of words that mean everything to us as Americans. The heartfelt words of the, our great national anthem that America is the land of the free and the home of the brave. Again, she conveniently left out words from the fourth stanza of the Star-Spangled Banner, which mentions the blessed with victory and peace, may the heaven-rescued land praise the power that hath made us and preserved us a nation. No, it doesn't want any accountability to the Creator. Then conquer we must when our cause it is just, and this be our motto, in God is our trust. Friends, as one news source, the Washington Stands indicated Harris delivered a speech that rang alarm bells nationwide for its secularism and historical revisionism. And isn't that what we're seeing take place today? And friends, and so the forces of the federal government have been put to force this upon our land. We also see a statement that came out from the Attorney General of the United States of America, Merrick Garland. As state legislators, and I'm looking at a column here from CNS News. As state legislators began their sessions in this new year, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland issued a warning on Monday 
that any attempt by the states to ban or restrict abortion may be met with federal intervention of some kind, including lawsuits. On the day Roe was overturned, I said the Justice Department would use every tool at its disposal to protect the rights of Americans to their reproductive freedoms. And that is what we have done. And that is what we will continue to do. In a few minutes, Associate Attorney General Vanita Gupta and I will meet with the members of the Reproductive Rights Task Force of the Department. The task force has been working tirelessly to protect access to reproductive care. The task force is composed of leaders from across department components. They are working cooperatively to monitor state laws and enforcement actions to ensure that states do not infringe on federal protections of reproductive rights. The task force is also evaluating appropriate actions in response to those laws, including filing affirmative suits, filing statements of interest, and intervening in private litigation. Our nation's top cop. Our nation's top cop said he will use every tool at his disposal. Every tool. The forces of the federal government. Is it any wonder that I say that we're fostering a culture of death? and then calling for God's blessing upon this land? I'd like to open our phone lines today to get your reaction to what you've heard today on the broadcast. Our number is 1-800-733-9829. 1-800-733-9829. Many of you may not even have been aware that the Vice President of the United States made this speech in Tallahassee this past Sunday. As many of you had set aside the day to honor and worship the Lord, we had one who was just defiling and defying what God had to say in his word. Our number, 800-733-9829. Let's begin with Greg calling from New Richmond, Minnesota. You're on the air, Greg. Yeah, this was the hardest thing I think I've ever had to listen to. It's just such an abomination and and the lies and, and it, it it enrages me i i'm you know may i repent of that but it enrages me that they're so caught up in the right to kill babies yeah. i mean i, I just sometimes it, it just it leaves me speechless well it really ought to enrage you greg it ought to enrage the people of this land i went mean, to see what depths and what lengths we're willing to go to to see that innocent life is terminated, to killed, destroyed. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it hurts me. It hurts me through my whole soul, my whole spirit. Thank you for the call. Patrick, next in Winchester, Ohio, you're on the air. Yeah, I want to thank you for playing uh, Kamala Harris's remarks. And um, what, two, two comments. One is, our bodies, our choice is the cry unless it comes to COVID, so-called vaccinations. Mm-hmm. Then the government does in complete uh, opposite of what Kamala Harris said. The government does claim the right to tell us what we can do with our own bodies. Yeah. yeah. Number two, um, the st- I'd, I'd be interested if it's possible to find out statistics about the marital status of women who seek abortions. Um, I understand that many unwed mothers are victims of what they have been taught. So I'm not bashing them. They need help and compassion and care. And thank God for those who offer it. But my main point, bottom line. I tell you what, we're going to let me put you on hold. We'll get your bottom line in just a moment. This is Crosstalk. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Last Friday, I did something I've been wanting to do for many, many years, but just never took the time to do. I was speaking in the Nashville, Tennessee area, and I finally got to do it, and that is visit the home of President Andrew Jackson, the Hermitage. I find him to be a fascinating historical individual. He was our seventh president of the United States. In my book, Grave Influence, that I wrote in 2008 and came out in 2009, I gave a segment of his farewell address in which he warned about a central bank. As president, he did away with a central bank and warned America to never get a central bank ever again. 
that the bankers, due to their greed and corruption, would expand the money supply when it suited them and then contract it when it would protect their assets, having a ruinous effect upon America. He warned to never do this. We didn't listen. We got the Federal Reserve in 1913, and now look at where we're at. I'm Brandon House. listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. And midst the conversation we're having with uh, Patrick right now in Winchester, Ohio, and uh, Patrick, that break comes whether we're ready or not. But you said the bottom line is, so what is that bottom line? Okay, the elephant in, in the living room, so to speak, is that, and first, I don't understand why in all of the defense of life, we, we don't hear much about this. I believe the main reason that most people seek abortion is because of unrestrained sexual promiscuity. It's filthy. It's disgusting. It's against God. People have a choice, and many of the ladies and the women who seek abortions have made their choice when they climbed into bed with their partner, and now they don't want to own up to it. They don't want to accept the responsibility that comes with one of the greatest blessings that God can give to any human being, and that's the, 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 the sacred life of a child. Thank you very much for your program. Appreciate it. Thank you, Patrick, for your call. And uh, as to statistics, you may want to check with lifeissues.org. They may have information uh, that, you know, we're seeking on some of the statistics you were looking for uh, just earlier. Uh, Greg is next in Bloomington, Illinois. Greg, you're on the air. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I think it's pretty obvious that uh, Kamala Harris thinks she's going to be the next president. She probably knows that Joe Biden is on her way out. She speaks very comfortably to her base. Anything with abortion rights or identity politics, she's very comfortable speaking in front of. But um, I believe she's just under the assumption that she's going to be the next president. And then we are really going to be in trouble if that's the case. So we have to be in strong prayer that Kamala Harris is never president of the United States. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. Uh, Charlie in Lodi, Wisconsin, you're on the air. Yes, thanks for taking my call. Uh, Just some quick points. When I uh, meet these women that are pro-murder, I ask them if they believe in women's rights, and, of course, they always say they do. And I say, well, what about the woman in the womb? Does she have rights? And then they look like a deer in the headlights. Then I find so many of these uh, people are anti-Second Amendment. They don't like guns, but they're really pro-murder. And I'm interested in the word games that the media uses. They always say we're anti-abortion. They very seldom say pro-life. When I was at Democratic headquarters here in Lodi, there were two women, and I was playing the devil's advocate, and they were very pro-abortion. And I told a woman, a younger woman, do you know how damaging that is? Have you ever had an abortion? Well, that whole place went up. They about threw me out. And I said, why are you getting so angry with me? This is your platform. You're proud of this. You run on this. Why are you so upset? They did not appreciate it. But thank you again for your show. Love you guys. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you, uh, Charlie. Let's go to Eddie next to Manasha. Yes, thank you for taking my call. Um, I had from from the time that Biden stepped in office, I wrote him a letter because I remember him, you know, touting his Bible going into the into the White House, and I asked him. Well, I'm sure he didn't write me back. I'm sure he's one of his cronies, but I'm like, why? Why did you even take the Bible in your arm into the White House? Because everything you're doing is anti-God. You know, sticking back up for the homosexual agenda, trying to, you know, like with the abortion as well. And I and I and I wrote him several times asking about these very issues. Because, as many people have said, this this is a, a child's life. And real quick, I remember when I was in, in uh, grade school, this was back in, like, 1976. But I remember a guy in Corpus Christi, it still sticks in my head, that the judge threw him in jail and fined him because, because he took this endangered, endangered turtle's eggs from the beach and took them and the judge said the reason he was finding him and, and putting him in jail is because he knew that they would be turtles. But yet, in our humanity, we're, we're killing babies, knowing that they're going to be human beings? They are human beings at the point. No, of- that's right, sir. Yeah. But I'm just yeah. saying, that how, how can this guy get fined and get jail time for taking a turtle's eggs, yeah. and yet 
in the human realm, they think it's all right. And I just posted it on Yahoo, and some people were telling me, well, they say it's not it's not a viable human being until it until it get, you know comes out of the womb. Eddie, thank you for your call. We've got several lined up behind you in just a few minutes left. Thank you so much for calling in, Zoltan and Lance, Michigan. You're on the air. Yes, uh, I listened to Kamala Harris, and I guess if I had a Tylenol, I would have taken it ahead of time. She'd give me a headache. But that said, when it comes to her, how dare they question? Perhaps she doesn't understand federalism. Just because the federal government dictates what it wants to, the states have rights that are enumerated. Right. The federal government's very limited. The other thing is this business of freedom that she discusses. Perhaps she's confusing lawlessness and licentiousness with freedom. And lastly, the cornerstone of our culture or the society that is going to be abortion. I wonder what society and in what corner of hell is she putting up these rules that are foundational, that abortion is a foundational cornerstone. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Zoltan, for your question. And our prayer is that she would come to faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you. John and Gary, Indiana, you're on the air. Yeah, I uh, I had to pretty much laugh. Uh, it was sad, but you know, it was hysterical. It was ridiculous, this woman. Uh, why is it that what she says, now if you apply it to what the government has done with COVID, why is it kind of a two-way uh, street there? She's for this, but then those rules can't apply to, uh, to all the COVID garbage. Yeah. Yeah. And then what, what about, uh, you know, the Joseph uh, Gable, uh, uh, you know, like the Nazi media, the secular, uh, why can't we have better news out there and expose these people and get them out of office? Uh, thank, thank you, John, for your call. We're going to squeeze in Bethany, El Dorado Springs, Missouri. Uh, you've got 30 seconds. Go ahead, Bethany. Okay, even Israel had their Jezebel, and uh, this is not about reproductive care. This is about non-reproductive um care or um, non, non-reproductive, um, <laughs> the ability to not, not reproduce. Thank you. Okay, Bethany. Friends, thank you for calling today. I felt it important to hear what the second to the presidency is saying on this very issue and to understand the promotion that's going on from the administration to every cabinet level and, and the Department of Justice getting engaged with this as well. It is certainly a blight upon our land as we foster this culture of death. May we turn to God. May we turn to his word and the foundation that is stated and set before us here on this very critical issue. God bless you, folks. Thanks for joining us today on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Take Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.